in Memphis, and welcome to Storyboard 30. This is the show taken right out of the pages of Storyboard Memphis, the journal that brings you Memphis stories, ideas, connections, and community in one place. I am Mark Fleischer, publisher of Storyboard Memphis, and your host for the next 30 minutes of Storyboard 30. We are still recording through Zoom communications versus in studio. My guests today are three leaders from our local Memphis College of Art. Um, as many of you listeners are aware, this is the 84th and final year of Memphis College of Art. My guest today, Laura Hine, president of MCA, Marilyn Koster, communications manager, and Olivia Wall, who is coordinator of external engagement. So today, as we record this segment of Storyboard 30, it is Thursday, May 7th. And why is the date so important? Well, because this Saturday, May 9th, was the uh, scheduled time for the traditional, I'm using air quotes for you listeners, uh, traditional commencement ceremony at MCA's Rust Hall in Overton Park. And obviously due to the pandemic shutdown, a traditional ceremony cannot happen. So uh, the, uh, the leadership at Memphis College of Art is something a little different in store this Saturday at 10 a.m. for graduates and their friends and family, faculty, administrators, board members, and guests. So, Laura, Marilyn, Olivia, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Absolutely. And it's, I, I, you know, I have to say it's, um, it's kind of my honor and pleasure to have you on two days before the final commencement, as awkward as it is and as different as it is. So Marilyn, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with you. Let's talk about the, the commencement ceremony coming up this weekend. Yeah, we're actually really excited. Um, we're obviously extremely sorry not to be able to host an in-person commencement ceremony. Um, so we had to, due to the pandemic, kind of come up with a plan B. And I think the plan B worked out really well. We actually have a digital commencement ceremony and it's a pretty exciting project that's spearheaded by our um, talented animation and film professor, Eric Huber. And it really follows, you know, how the traditional ceremony in person would have gone uh, with some fun extras. So all of the speakers that would normally have spoken at commencement um, have been pre-recorded and are in the video. Um, we have fun pictures and short video clips from each of the graduates when their name is read. Uh, the faculty is a really special greeting that they've put together. Um, at the end, there's even a slideshow of photos from past years and this year. Um, so that's all been kind of put together into this one, just under an hour, about 49 minute um, digital ceremony. And so that will air, it will premiere this Saturday morning at 10 o'clock. You can watch it on our Facebook page, our Memphis College of Art. Facebook page. It will premiere at 10 o'clock. We also have a YouTube channel called MCA Commencement 2020, and that will also premiere there at 10 o'clock. So either platform should have it premiering at 10 o'clock this Saturday. And we hope to have people, you know, kind of all watching together and graduates hopefully will be with their families. And so even though we're apart, we can have that shared experience. And then of course, the ceremony will be available to watch on this platform forms after the um, premiere time. Right, right. Yeah, I was going to ask that if you're inviting folks, you know, uh, friends, family, faculty, and all that, if you're inviting them, 
you know, to, yeah. to all tune in exactly at nine o'clock, or sorry, 10 o'clock, right? Yes, yes. We're hoping that everyone, you know, and including the public, anyone who's interested, I mean, but we hope that all our students and faculty and staff um, at 10 o'clock will all be tuning in together to watch the premiere of it. And, um, and we're looking forward to kind of that shared virtual community of being able to do that. Right. You know, I'm thinking here as, as challenging as these times are and as, as how we all have had to make quick adjustments and mm -hmm. adapt to the, the environment, as challenging as it is, especially in the final year, uh, it had to have been fun to put together. It was actually, and it, it, it was kind of a, a race to get everyone recorded and get everything together. But at the same time, I think we all really enjoyed um, we had a large committee and, and we were all kind of chipped in to help and help Eric get this video and uh, digital commencement created. But, you know, it was fun to look through old photos and to have all the students send in photos. I think the faculty really embraced it and um, it, it opened up, you know, even though it, it, it's not in person, the digital option opened up new ways of being creative and new ways that we can incorporate um, you know, the flavor of the, of the students and the, and the um, college. And so I think people, you know, people watching will be hopefully really, really moved and, and enjoy it. We have a wonderful commencement speaker, Murray Reese. He um, founded our photography department. He's one of our trustees and of course a well-known photographer. Um, and he's given just a really nice speech um, that will be in the ceremony as well. So we hope that everyone beyond just our community is welcome to tune in and, and celebrate um, the graduates and our institution for the last time. Yeah, Tom Bailey of the Daily Memphian did a really nice article talking about the preparation of the recorded commencement, um, the recording from Grace Seiler, right? Mm -hmm. um, who was the valedictorian for the, the, final, the final year of the, the college's history. Um, she said she recorded it on her iPhone. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then um, Murray Reese, uh, the, um, um, his guest uh, speaking engagement uh, uh, is recorded by uh, Willie Bearden mm -hmm. at the Elmwood Cemetery Chapel, as it as he talked about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's really interesting. I mean, everyone had to film kind of in the location of their choosing and most, you know, at home and um, so we had even someone in a, you know, different states having to film it, but, um, but everyone really pulled together and did a great job and, and mm. jumped on board and, and got their videos in. And so we're really, we're excited about that. You know, it's something exciting and different that you're able to do. Uh, however, you know, as, as we all step back, you know, here we are, you know, 48 hours, just about, or just less than 48 hours from, from the um, virtual commencement. And I would imagine, and Laura, I asked you this just a couple months ago, which feels like a, an era ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, about the emotions that have to be there, right, right, kind of in front of your face, you know, uh, when it comes to the closing of the college and having to close it in such a way, as I said, it's exciting to be able to do this, but at the same time, as you step back, it's there, you've got to be flooded with, you know, or have different waves of emotions, I would imagine. Well, for me personally, and maybe I speak for others, 
it, it, the sadness that we felt as an MCA community for the last several years seems like we were kind of on a lonely path with that. You know, it was our institution that was impacted and it was our death or loss. But in a strange kind of way, the pandemic, yeah, it's added an extra wrinkle and it is sad for our students. And of course we would have preferred to be together in person, but I have this feeling, well, we're certainly not alone. You know, we're joined by everybody around the world who's suffering the same kind of disappointment. And yeah. so yeah. in a sense, the sadness and the grief that's been associated with our closure decision and the wind down for me has been much greater. I almost have the sense of solidarity with the world in terms of here we find ourselves in this, you know, historic and, and you know, momentous, you know, period of time, but so does everyone else around the world. And so I, I think that's made it easier for me in a sense than the lonely path we as an institution have traveled over the last few years. But that's just my perspective, you know, I've, I've thought about it. And of course, I've just recognized what emotions I've been having around the issue. Yeah. So it's, you can't avoid it. You know, um, we're all having crazy emotions and feelings and ups and downs, you know, during this time. So not to dwell on it, but at the same time, it, I, you know, have got to ask about it. So, Olivia, how are you doing through all this? You, you're um, obviously, obviously very, very busy in, you know, your engagement um, and also in putting together a couple of virtual exhibits, which we'll talk about in just a bit. But um, Olivia, how are you doing as, you know, as we approach, you know, a couple of days away from the last commencement? I think, you know, right now it's a sad time for sure. But I think what Laura said was is right on point is the fact that we are not the only ones all of a sudden that are not able to be in person. We are not the only ones canceling things and res rescheduling to a virtual um, atmosphere. Um, you know, as an alum, I am, you know, just as saddened as all my fellow alums. It is a really sad time. What I do find appreciative of these digital for formats is the longevity. It's not an in-person event that just happens. And if you weren't there, you just don't see it. Um, it will live on forever. And I think that's really incredible. Yeah, you know, I, I hadn't even thought about that aspect of it. Yeah, that's true. And if you, you know, for those not able to tune in, like right at 10 o'clock, they can always go back in and view the, the entire ceremony uh, later on at their leisure, right? Speaking of uh, the, the legacy, and I use that term very specifically here, um, of, of, the, of the college, you all have put together quite an amazing program that is that lives online. Uh, there's two, uh, at least the two that I know of so far, um, the the exhibit for the graduates and also the legacy site. If you would talk first about the the uh, graduate exhibit. Yeah. So um, I, <clears throat> for my role as coordinator of external engagement, one of the things I do is uh, help. Or, or organize and mount the BFA exhibition every semester. We have a semester-long process. We, we go, go through semester after semester. I work with um, Tom Lee, one of our senior faculty members on it. And so we 
in January, started that process just as we normally would. And all of a sudden, you know, we had to very quickly figure out a plan B and then a plan C. When I was trying to figure out what I could do to make sure the students work got into the world um, and they still had that professional experience under their belt, because that is a lot of what the BFA show is. It's not just about them having their work on a wall. It is about them having to professionally submit work um, in a way that gets it out to the world and to the public as they go into their creative careers. Um, and so the best thing I could think of was, you know what, I'm gonna make a wet website. It definitely took a lot of coordination and organization and I have to say the students really stepped up to the challenge despite having these page long guidelines of how to turn stuff in, when to turn stuff in. And there are, you know, we're, we're working from home away from the equipment they're used to having, um, but they really stepped to the challenge. Um, and I'm very appreciative of their effort and their skills and their talents because that's what really makes the website shine. Yeah, it's a gorgeous website. To me, it's, um, it feels like a stroll through a gallery. And I'm sure that's intentional, obviously, you know, uh, but it does, it feels like a stroll through a gallery and, you know, you're just able to go in and kind of peruse every student's work, you know, or the samples of their work. It's really, really something. I, every, anyone who's listening, you've got to go in and, and take a look at it. What the website for the exhibit, once again? MCA2020BFA.com. Good. There's another site out there, and that is called the, know what I'm talking about. It's memphiscollegeofart.com. Memphis College of Art, yes. Memphiscollegeofart.com. Okay. Let's, let's talk about how that came together. Pain so the legs, I'm sorry, what, Laura? I said painstakingly. Oh, painstaking. It, it was a long process. Yes, I will say that. Um, so the legacy catalog is an idea that began um, shortly after our closing announcement in 2017 and kind of started to come, you know, being thought about more in 2018 and hit the ground running um, around January 2019. And it was a, a project where we really wanted to capture as much as we could of the institution um, it has a timeline of the college. Um, we had a committee select some spotlight artists who um, are representative of the college throughout its 84 years. Um, it has traditions of the college, a lot of old photos, just really trying to capture as much as we could of the institution in this one digital catalog um, that could then live on forever after our closing. And that when, um, alumni or the general public or anyone who you know remembers the college goes to memphiscollegeofart.com they can view that that legacy catalog um, and kind of see a, a an overview of everything all the wonderful things that mca was about and learn something too because it's got a lot of neat information and history in it as well and so that just launched recently a few weeks ago and we're very excited about it there is a print to order option as well for hard copies that's on our website, but the digital version is the one that will, you know, hopefully stay up indefinitely. And that's a great uh, website too for alumni because it helps them link to transcripts. I know that's a common question that alumni have is how, how do I get my transcript after closing? And those are in, uh, available indefinitely through parchment um, transcript service. So that. It kind of has a twofold, twofold purpose to help alumni get connected with the Alumni Association Facebook page and stay in touch with other alumni, 
um, help find transcripts, and then of course for everyone that the um, legacy catalog. Yeah, I um, I took some time on the the catalog itself, and you know it it actually you know obviously feels like a book, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it includes an entire history of the college from 1936 on. Again, it's it's just it's really worth the time to go in and just look around. It's just really something. And as you mentioned, there's links in there for transcripts. There's the link in there for the legacy catalog for, for alumni. Um, and that's right there. If anyone logs in simply to memphiscollegeofart.com, it'll take you right to it. Right. And an exciting part too, our, the catalog was designed in-house by one of our, um, our alumni, um, Emily Martinez, who graduated and with her BFA in 2018 and then came on to our staff. She works as our associate registrar, but she's also the one who, you know, kind of took all the information that was compiled and, and designed and created the layout of the catalog. And, and she really did a great job. It looks fantastic. Yeah, I love the, uh, the, the byline or the tagline, never stop creating. I think that's an important message. It's the message on our last um, T-bar sign as well. Mm -hmm. And so it's just something we've kind of embraced as we're winding down. So beyond the commitment and looking toward this summer, are there any other plans in store? We think about what's happening with Rust Hall, the alumni. I mean, there's all kinds of questions that I'm sure folks will have with regard to the college. Anything going on this summer? Well, for most of our staff and faculty, most of our staff and all of our faculty, their end date is May the 15th, but there's a handful of us who will remain at the college through June 30th, and that's the end of our fiscal year, and that's when we will no longer be in residence at Rust Hall. So the city will take possession on July the 1st. We have still furniture, some prints left, library books uh, that we hope to sell at what we're styling as a garage sale. Um, of course, the pandemic, we, we had plans to do that in April and the pandemic um, affected that timeline. So we're going to monitor, you know, the phases that the city moves into in terms of social distancing and opening up the park. And we hope that by June, sometime in June, we'll be able to stage this final garage sale. That, that's really the only event that we feel that we're going to be able to stage, if at all. And the, you know, the notion of having a final uh, staff and faculty party, has, that's not gonna be possible. Um, there was some talk uh, months ago about um, the Alumni Association coming in and having a party at Rust Hall, and I don't think those plans have proceeded at all. Mm -hmm. So other than this final garage sale, which, you know, it's just like the art sale we had in January, it, it packs its own emotional kind of wallop, you know. Um, it makes very, very real the, 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 the situation. So that's the only plans from the administrative standpoint that we have. Um, we'll continue to wind down our affairs. There'll be a couple of us, um, our CFO and myself, who, um, while I won't remain on salary, um, will have to be available over the next couple of years, which is probably the length of time that it'll take for us to, to get final 990 audits and you know very technical financial things that we have to tie up in order for us to have the final paperwork with the Tennessee Attorney General's office and and um, 
close down the institution with finality. Mm-hmm. That's all very technical stuff yeah. that can't possibly be interesting to your audience. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I think it would be interesting from the standpoint of like, I've, I've been having a lot of conversations with nonprofits and fundraising, and we're talking about a lot of technical type things that now all of a sudden come to the forefront. Um, you know, paperwork and, and all these things that all you know, suddenly readjusting missions and, you know, I mean, so it's, these are, this is all part of the story, you know, it is all part of the story. I mean, in the notion of higher ed, you know, of course you could do a whole segment on, and we talked about it this a couple of months ago, you know, all of the changes and all of the disruption that are occurring in higher ed, that was pre-pandemic. So, you know, you can't open a national newspaper or a local newspaper without reading about the impact that the pandemic is having on higher ed and whether or not it will um, wreak, you know, permanent changes in the way that instruction is offered. It's certainly going to have an impact on the financial ability of many institutions and who were already kind of teetering on the edge. Um, pre-pandemic and, you know, their enrollment and the revenue, enrollment revenues that they depend on so heavily in order to carry on and survive. So I think that, you know, just like a lot of other industries, there's going to be a shakeout in higher ed post-pandemic, and it's um, not sure that it's going to be terribly uplifting or positive, you know, the, the, the ravages of the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a really good way to put it, you know, and, and it's, um, it's affecting all sectors yes. of the, of society, right? I, including higher education, the arts, everything is going to potentially look different on the other side of this. Now, this is, this might be an odd question, and this is for any, any one of the three of you, do you see or have you felt any sense of irony that after 84 years, the last couple of months have come down to, to this? I, I mean, for me, it was like, I, you know, you, you can't believe it on a thousand levels. But I'm like, you know, we worked so hard to get through to the end and everything. And now this on top of that. So there was that, you know, those few days where you felt like, you just can't. You, you just couldn't believe it. You know, it was kind of unbelievable. But yeah. I think we, we as an institution, were almost better prepared for it because we've been through so much, and it was just one more thing to manage through. You know, it, it was totally unexpected and and certainly very um, major. But I think all of us on this call and 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 you know everyone really stepped up to the plate and just said, okay, well. Now we just have to figure out how to manage through this, just like we figured out how to manage through everything else. Yeah. So I don't want to speak for Marilyn and Olivia, but you know, that was my sense of it. Olivia, but how about you? Have you felt any sense of, you know, cruelty, (laughs) you know, this whole happening in the last year? I mean, I think Laura was 100% on point and that it's just one more thing to manage through. It's one more thing to creatively figure out you know, it's what, it's what we do, is what we do as an institution, it's what we do as creatives and artists and administrators is, you know, we figure things out and we make it work. Um, and it's, it's another you know, way in which, like Laura said, we just keep on 
uh, doing what we need to do to get to May 2020 and we're two days away and that is a great feeling. Um, it is such a wonderful feeling to see um, the students, you know, finally get that milestone that they have worked so hard for and really, you know, held tight to the institution along with all of us. Um, you know, it's really for me, um, both sad, but also I'm so happy for these students to see them, you know, I guess metaphorically walk across the stage. Lydia makes a good point too, is that, and it's been my privilege and honor having worked in so many different uh, professional environments. When you work for an, an, a fine art school, it, you never, I never cease to be amazed at how creative um, artists are at problem solving and how good they are at it. You know, I think it's one of their greatest strengths. So it has been, you know, remarkable to see everybody across the institution and, you know, Olivia and Marilyn, you know, are, deserve particular shout outs for that. Solving the problem creatively and, and professionally so that it looks good, it's polished, it's visual, you know, it, it, it has an emotional impact. And that's what artists are really, really good at. And so this has been a, an opportunity for them to shine in that way. Yeah, and I'll have to say the, the work shines online. It is something to be proud of, truly. Marilyn, how about you? you how are you feeling in terms of, you know, uh, you know this, this kind of cruel sense of irony, you know, winding down? Right. I think, I think at first there was kind of this uh, uh, sort of what Laura said, like, you've got to be kidding me. You know, I mean, we've, yeah. we've already been through so much. We're really so focused and trying to wind down in the best way possible. And then these difficult situations hit. But I also, like Laura and Olivia said, it's been so impressive to see everybody just, well, okay, we're going to make the best of it. And we're going to come up with these new ways of doing things. And we're going to embrace the options we have and, and, and see really positive attitudes from everybody and really wanting to push through and support the students and, you know, support the college and, and its legacy. Um, even though we're having to deal with this external, you know, enormous factor at the same time, it's been really um, inspiring, I think, to, to see everybody come together and really work creatively to to come up with new solutions um, and new ways of doing it. And and I do think, like Olivia said earlier, I mean, the beauty of these digital alternatives is that they will will live on, and it's something that people can look at. Whereas um, sometimes in person, um, as wonderful as they are, a lot of in person um, exhibitions and things are, are fleeting, you know, and this is something that people can return to and, and see the great work and, and, um, you know, so that's, that's a positive thing. Of course, it's sad, you know, we're all sad to leave our jobs and leave each other in the college, but I think at the same time, we're proud of, of how things have progressed and that we've really, you know, under Laura's leadership done the absolute best we could given the situation. Have you, any of you had a chance to, to, to visit Rust Hall in the last couple of months? Well, I, I go to the office um, every Tuesday and usually one or two other days a week. I'm essentially there alone. Uh, there are a couple of other staff members who come in. We have to sign checks. We have to process payroll, you know, so there's 
work that um, our guards are always there 24 seven. So, um, you know, we don't get within, you know, six feet of each other when, and, and mostly we're just working alone in our offices. And, you know, it's, it, I, I it, it's interesting to me because the first feeling I had when on my first day of coming to work at the College of Art was just this palpable creative energy that exists in the building. And now, of course, we've, you know, the walls are bare and everything is, you know, pretty barren in there. And it just energetically feels like, I, I don't want to say it feels like you're walking into a mausoleum, but it has this feeling of dignity and peace and calm. Um, it doesn't have the palpable creative energy that it did, but it still has some kind of sacred energy for me. And, 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 and that's how... When I walk in now, I feel like, oh, you know, here we are, this wonderful institution at the end of its life. And it has a very um, calm and peaceful feeling. So yeah. that's been my experience over the last couple of months because there's no one there. <laughs> there's no so one there. So it is there. like a mausoleum. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Olivia, how about you? Have you had a chance to, to go in the last couple of months? Yeah. Um, actually, I was in there. Uh, one evening recently um, just to clean out some stuff and start working on some tasks that had to be done um, on campus to prepare uh, for students coming in. Um, and it was eerie. It was definitely a strange, um, str it was just strange, you know, going up to the building and there's, you know, no cars anywhere and you're walking in and you don't see anybody. You don't even you see a student down the hall, which you're so used to, or a staff member, you know, anywhere. And um, for me personally, I was standing in the gallery at one point and it's just completely white, just blank walls. And for me, it was so sad. I'm thinking back to holidays are on the Florida ceiling, artwork everywhere and the art sale once again floor to ceiling artwork and even a normal exhibition where you have the walls at least you know art have artwork on them and without that artwork it really seemed just kind of drained of life um, but I think Laura was correct in saying that there is some sort of serene energy there it's not this sad empty building it doesn't feel abandoned, um, even though it's empty. Uh, it definitely feels like there's something still there. Mm -hmm. Marilyn, how about you? Have you had a chance to visit? Um, I have. I just, um, actually, I just started this week. I'm helping our librarian. We have these wonderful tons of library books that we are sell on Amazon. We have our own Amazon booksellers page, Art Bookseller 1936. And um, so we're just trying to upload as many books as we can. So I go at lunch each day to pick up more boxes of books and take back the ones I did the day before. But I'm, you know, they're just a short time. And like, you know, Olivia and Laura have said, it's just very quiet. Um, it, there is a, a peaceful quietness about it. You know, it's kind of, um, it's quiet, but it, it's, 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 you know, it doesn't feel, like they said, it doesn't feel necessarily negative. It's just like this, nice peaceful quiet and 
um, and walking through and you've, I think we all have so many memories. And so just when we step into the gallery or our offices or a hallway, you know, I think of other things or think of interactions I've had or students I've seen there. Um, so there's kind of that nice positive too. So, um, so yeah, so that's, so I'm, I'm, I'm going, you know, for about 15 minutes, <laughs> but very brief times, but it's, uh, it's, um, it's been nice to be, be back there, I think, too. I mean, we're obviously don't see each other really, and it's empty, but at the same time, it's, there's something nice about being in the building itself and, you know, and being there. Right. Final thoughts. Here we are. I've, I've asked the question about here we are, you know, you know, two days away from the last virtual commencement. But myself personally, and I'll, I'll just start this out by saying that I, I look around Memphis and Midtown, I see Memphis College of Art everywhere. Alumni, artwork, you know, there's buildings downtown, artwork from college, Midtown. The college lives on uh, here in Memphis. And it's really, I mean, me being a Memphian for only five years, you know, it's so palpable to me, the legacy of the college any of you want to talk about that as we as we kind of close this down well i mean i i was asked recently by um someone at opc who was uh going to do a little highlight of the college and some of our students mm -hmm. and so yes you know the the presence of memphis college of art just permeates the memphis community now and, you know, if you think about the concept of impermanence, you know, and that, you know, nothing can last forever. And I've thought a lot about that because um, you've had to grapple with that as a notion and, and wrap your mind and heart around that. Mm -hmm. But I think it feels disingenuous to say that um, anything other than this is a very tragic loss for the community. And, it, you know, you always want to try to end on this positive note, but I truly can't find anything positive about the demise of the college in terms of the visual arts and the arts community in Memphis. I think it's a loss. I don't think that, I think it's a loss that is, won't only be felt now, but will be felt forever, really. And um, so, I, I just feel like to, in order to be genuine about it, you have to acknowledge that this is a loss and it's a permanent loss and there are going to be consequences from the loss. And I do think that the visual arts and the arts community is going to be much less ri rich after we're gone. I don't think anyone will disagree with that. Yeah, but it is what it is. You know, and I think we've all had to reconcile ourselves to it over, you know, the last couple of years. I do hope and, you know, to try to be somewhat positive, I do hope that something wonderful comes in Rust Hall and, um, you know, that out of the ashes, something wonderful will be born. And I think that's highly probable and likely. It's, it's taking a little bit longer than I think everyone would have hoped. It would have been nice to be in a position to pass off to that mo next wonderful occupant, you know, and have something to celebrate. And, you know, um, but the timing of that's not working out. 
so well. <laughs> so yeah. I think there's going to be a dormant period at Rust Hall. And I think that that, you know, is going to um, cause its own kind of community grief, you know, where you see that, that, you know, we thought, of course, you know, two and a half, three years ago when we, you know, were moving towards the closure decision that we'd never see Rust Hall go dark and that, um, you know, something wonderful would come in our stead. But I think there is going to be a period for Rust Hall um, when it's dark. Yeah. Olivia Marilyn, would you like to add anything, any, any of your thoughts? I think Laura summed it up nicely. I mean, I think there's, as much as we're trying to celebrate and be positive for our last students and celebrate our legacy, there is going to be, I think, uh, whether it's near term or long term, a loss felt in a creative community um, in Memphis without MCA here. Um, so there is a sadness to that. Yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, I think that that is what it is. It's such a loss um, to the creative community. You also have a loss of people and folks that moved here to go to MCA and stayed and continue enriching the community. So it, it, it was a draw, it was a draw, drawing point um, to Memphis. Um, that's why I live in Memphis is because of Memphis College of Art. I moved here to go to Memphis College of Art. Um, and so I think that's also part of those ramifications. Yeah. Ladies, um, thank you again for taking this time. It really, it truly is an honor and pleasure to be able to, I, I wouldn't say a pleasure in the, in the sense of the word that this is a, you know, a, 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 um, a conversation we want to have really, but um, it's, it, I, but I'm honored to, to sit here with you and, and have this conversation and you know for those for listeners out there take some time uh, on Saturday tune in at, at 10 a.m. Uh, we'll provide all the information on the storyboard website as well so Laura Marilyn uh, Olivia thank you so much for 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 joining and thank you for for taking the time today and and Mark I'd like to thank you I think we we all feel the same thank you for the work that you do in the community and highlighting issues and 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 documenting um, our history we appreciate that very much thank you thank you thank okay you. everyone be well thank carry you. on I hope you enjoy this beautiful day To our guests from Memphis College of Art, one more thank you. Laura Hine, President, Marilyn Koster, Communications Manager, and Olivia Wall, Coordinator of External Engagement. The virtual MCA commencement ceremony begins Saturday, May 9th at 10 a.m. called simply the Memphis College of Art 2020 Commencement Ceremony. On YouTube, you can set a reminder to watch, or you can visit MCA's Facebook page. Simply search Memphis College of Art on Facebook. Thanks again to WYPL and the Memphis Public Libraries for their support, to producer Vance Durbin, and to WYPL broadcast manager Tommy Warren, and to you listeners and supporters of the library and FM 89.3. This has been another special episode of Storyboard 30, and this is your host, Mark Fleischer. We hope to join us next time on Storyboard 30 for more conversation with those Memphis personalities and shapers who make our lives here in the Bluff City just a little bit better. Memphis, make it a great week and stay safe out there.